Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. And as always, big shout out to my executive producer, Andre Suttles with Suttles Solution Media to help make this podcast possible. I'm excited for today's episode. On the call, we have Sherriana Boyle, emotional detox coach, joining us, giving us the extra time. Uh, Sherriana, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And uh, I always love making sure that our, our audience and our, our guest have a little bit of time to get acquainted before we really jump into the subject matter. So I'd love for our audience to meet you really quick and find out what it is you do. So the floor is yours. Oh, thanks. So I call myself an emotional detox coach, and it's based on a system I developed and it's called Cleanse. And it's the seven steps of an emotional detox, which is featured in my book, Emotional Detox, which is actually my seventh book. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I wrote Emotional Detox for Anxiety. From that work, from that development, arrived Emotional Detox Coaching, which simply means that I support people in teaching them how to process their emotions without without running the narratives and the stories, without re-traumatizing themselves, without digging up the past and going over everything to the point where they feel like they're bringing everything up and then they have to relive that, re-traumatize themselves. So that's what I do. And then when I'm not coaching, I, I'm a psychology professor. I'm um, very part-time, but it's just something that I enjoy doing and teaching. Yeah. And I know today we're going to talk a lot about emotions and, and uh, kind of uh, lean into some of the emotion, the emotional detox that you mentioned in the book. Um, but first, of course, I think a lot of folks have a hard time understanding emotion itself and exactly what it is. Uh, what exactly is an emotion? Yeah, so that's a good question. And it's something that I had to ask myself <laughs> in writing this book. And so what I love about emotions is they're they have a physical anatomy and then they have a non-physical anatomy. And that's what makes them very special because one, they actually do have from a biochemical standpoint, they function almost like a neurotransmitter. So if you're familiar with neurotransmitters in your brain, that's how they work. And they influence our levels of inflammation in the body. They influence our cellular turnover. So they have a, a pretty big impact um, on how our brain, our, our gut speaks to our brain and and tells us kind of what condition we're in and how, and what's going on and whether we need to be in an emergency or whether we can we chill or relax. The emotions go through, help us with that process. And then they have a non-physical anatomy. And the non-physicals, they work as energy. So think of energy as molecules and atoms in motion. And they run along, if, you, if you've done acupuncture, they, they run along what's called meridian lines in the body. Anyone who's studied yoga or any of those fields. So it's like Eastern and Western medicine come together through emotions. And, and the cool part about the non-physical is when you process an emotion, it is, you, you puts you in a higher state of consciousness. So now you're connecting 
with parts of yourself that are possibly underdeveloped. And they're just looking to be developed. And I know so much of us have been trained to sort of control these emotions and give them names and labels and point fingers at people for causing them. But the reality is when you just, when you know what they are and you start to get a relationship with them, you realize, oh my gosh, they can really help me here. And they can make life a lot easier, a lot less stressful. And you can receive support because when you go into the non-physical, now you're going into more of a spiritual realms and you're opening up sort of a channel for receiving um, love and unconditional support and guidance that's there for all of us. Yeah. And and something I had to write down about kind of connecting with parts that are underdeveloped. Um, a lot of us, it, it seems as though the the emotions can provide so much feedback. And by listening to the emotions, it can maybe help us navigate through the environment that we're in. Uh, almost kind of the use of the emotion is to navigate these waters. But a lot of us have been taught to suppress them or ignore them. And if we don't pay attention to them, we can't manage them. How can we kind of, I guess, slowly increase the exposure to our emotions and start learning how to manage them? So um, I, I totally understand that. And I will tell you, when I wrote the book, it was from inside out because it, although it was my seventh book, um, lo and behold, while I was writing it, I went through a crisis, unexpected crisis in my life. And there I am writing a book on emotional detox. Wouldn't you know, right? So that shows up. And now I'm, I'm not just teaching and learning. I actually could use one. And so, so when I wrote it and going through that trauma that showed up for me, I realized that I had to change the mindset around emotions to write that book and for myself to be able to heal. And that was no longer managing emotions, Ted. I had to say enough is enough. When we try to manage them, that means we want them to stick around. Managing doesn't allow them to transform. And so, so many of us have been taught to regulate, to manage, to cope. And I get it. I was right along there with them. I was teaching those skills myself to clients and students. But now that I've been through it and I've written about it, I say, stop managing because it's the managing that's actually getting in the way of the processing. We think if, if you think you have to manage it, then they must be something horrible, right, Ted? I mean, think about it. If I have to manage you, then there must be an issue with you. If I said, Ted, I got to manage you, right? You would be mm. like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you have to do that? What am I doing wrong? Right. And that's, that's what we do to our emotions. And I'm not saying there aren't times where you're driving down the road and you get like a trigger and someone pisses you off. And in that moment, sure, you want to you want to manage a little bit. You don't want to be going flipping everybody off and driving them off the road. But once you get to where you are, you have to pause and say, holy moly, there's some emotions in me that are coming up and I'm going to take a moment right now to process it. Um, and so I always say coping is fine but it was never meant to be long-term. They have an expiration date and it's usually within that day. And then you have to turn to what I call from managing to processing an emotion. 
Yeah. And, and when it comes to processing, I think that's the scary part, right? That's, I mean, it's almost uh, yeah. kind of, you know, letting the emotion be felt and, and run wild and be subject to the emotion. Uh, what are some of the benefits that we get when we, we let our emotions be felt, let them just be absorbed and then maybe actually listen to what they're trying to tell us? So I always say, I encourage people to think of it like food and it's the same thing as a physical detox. So when you have a physical detox, you're trying to get rid of the impurities and all the, all the pesticides that are in your body. When you're in an emotional detox, it's the same thing. Only what you're removing is reactions. So once you look at it this way, it's not so hard because here's the thing, Ted, a lot of people are calling emotions, which are really reactions. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sure. Why would I want to feel a reaction more? That, that wouldn't make me feel very good. But once you get really clear, am I feeling or am I reacting? And if I'm not feeling better or calmer, or lighter, or more free, then I'm probably in a state of reaction. That is what we want to clear, release, and transform from our bodies is the way we've been reacting. And sometimes it's a story that we're telling ourselves, right? In our head, we might say, oh, you know, they think I'm a loser. I, they, you know, she thinks I don't do anything around here. That story is a reaction, right? Mm -hmm. A belief or a behavior if I go and eat something, drink something, smoke something, I'm, I'm reacting. I'm not feeling anything. And so once you get clear on that, you're like, okay, wait a minute. I'm in a state of reactivity. I'm going to take a moment and that's what I'm going to be releasing so I can feel what's underneath there. Mm -hmm. And I find that mindset shift really helps people because otherwise it, you feel like you're bad person. You're like, holy crap, I have all these bad emotions in me. So not true. It's just, we've learned to react to that, everything that we feel. Yeah. And that behavior and is, and ends up being what we identify as the emotion or, you know, we've heard the whole like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed because I eat and I'm eating because I'm depressed. And it's really, Hey, that's the action, not necessarily the, the, the feeling that you might be in. Um, so what kind of, impact can some of these emotions, if not paid attention to embraced, what kind of impact can it have on our relationships uh, with our loved ones or, or friends or things like that? Because I imagine if we're not, I don't want to say in control, because as you mentioned, manage, you don't want to manage your emotions, but if we're not in tune with our emotions per se, uh, that might be a better way to articulate it. Um, how can that, I guess, have repercussions on, on the relationships with people we love? It has a huge impact, a, a tremendous impact on our relationships, and it's going to be different. And I'm going to let people know that. And and the, the, I think the most challenging part is is society is going to want to keep pushing these things on you, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, they're they're a jerk. Get rid of them, right? That you know they they're not good to you. Get rid of them. But when you start processing your emotions, you start feeling compassion. That's, that's one of the greatest gifts. You start taking things personally. You start realizing, okay, maybe this person is in a state of reactivity. You start understanding, wait a minute, this isn't about how they feel. 
This is how they're reacting to what they feel. Mm -hmm. And when you shift that mindset, because we, we take things personally, because we really believe that person feels that way about us. How could they judge us? How could they say that about us? They don't feel that way. They're reacting to their own feelings. Mm -hmm. And the more you process your own feelings, the more you're going to be like, wow, okay, I see it now. And I don't need to do anything about this. They're in a state of reactivity. What I can do is focus on processing what I'm feeling. And what happens as as consciousness goes up, Ted, um, energy goes up when you're processing. So think of breathing, right? When you breathe, oxygen increases in your body. Relaxation is going to increase. Consciousness goes up. And what ends up happening is people feel safe around you. When people feel safe, when your energy goes up, they stop acting out. When our energy goes down, meaning we get defensive, we get reactive, we get withdraw, then people don't feel safe. And the, the part where it's going to hit them is they're going to be like, okay, they're going to leave me. Okay. They're going to go. How can, and then all this nonsense starts, all these control behaviors, like how can I, even if it's completely dysfunctional and self-sabotaging, how can I get this person not to leave me? Even if I have to act like a idiot, at least they're still here. Right. Mm -hmm. But the more you process, the calmer you become and the safer you feel. And then people will stick around more. And that creates more space for connection, for vulnerability, and for compassion. Yeah. It's amazing that you say that because, I mean, what's happening in our, our brain is there, there's a fear of rejection, right? And and when we have an environment that doesn't feel safe or, um, you know, our subconscious mind goes into that realm of, oh, this person's leaving me, yeah. uh, it, it it causes some sometimes irrational behavior and, and it's all from that, that fear of abandonment, which is, is because we've advanced technologically so much faster than we have biologically and the same fear of rejection on a social media post or from a loved one is the same fear that we feel being ostracized from the pack and <laughs> what would yeah. once be a, a terrible quote unquote death sentence is now simply just maybe an environment that might not be ideal to what we were hoping for in the moment. So I want to de dive deeper in what you, what you mentioned, the, the cleanse life, um, kind of the, the detox, emotional detox. How do we go about something like that? Um, I guess, give us some insight onto that because I think a lot of us can benefit from going through one. Yeah. So when I, when I did the research, the cleanse, I was really looking at trauma when I researched emotions and so that, that first step of the cleanse is called clear reactivity. And that means just simply tools and techniques to help you get in your body, to help you get centered. And it's really a dialogue with your body that when I go to my body, it is a choice to heal and to grow is not about re-traumatizing or revisiting. So it's like reassuring yourself, this is going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And then the, the L is called look inward. And that's a way that I teach people how to identify what they're feeling without going into the story of something. And I don't know if you have an example of someone you know or you've heard, um, but I can give some ideas around that. And then the E is called emit. So I wrote a book called Mantras Made Easy before I wrote Emotional Detox. And I really believe I wrote that book because 
I knew there there was going to be a mantra in the cleanse because mantras are so powerful. They're very high vibration. And so after you identify your emotion, you do the mantra, which is the E. Now you have energy in your body. Now you have higher vibration. Now you go to the A, which is called activate. Now we're starting to retrain you on what you're visualizing. So much of our triggers is actually visual memory, Ted. Mm. You know, we, we see things, we imagine things, and we're, we're all in a tizzy and none of it's occurred, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to retrain ourselves, but it's really hard to do that without energy. So that, that, that uh, mantra gives you the energy. The A is activate, which we're retraining. The N is nourish, and that has... that's really about how do I really sink into this kind of like meditation? How do I really let go now? And then S is surrender, which comes easily after you've been through the other steps. And that's your free will statement. That is the fact that you cannot, no one can process your feelings for you. You have to choose it. So by the time they get to that S, they, they have to allow it, Ted, and we can guide them there, but you know, you, you have people, I'm sure you work with, and they ultimately have to say, I allow this to occur, right? Yeah. And that's our God-given right, and that's our free will that we have to say, I, I allow. And then E is ease, which is the I am consciousness, that I am space. It's really about that space of wholeness that is mm-hmm. what you land in. And I, now I imagine there there has to be so many. I mean, that practice in itself um, kind of lends to self care, right? And and wanting to actually take the time of pouring into ourselves. Uh, a lot of people might be listening, thinking to themselves, you know, I'm just too busy. I have this going on. I have a house full of kids. Um, I can only be alone when I'm going grocery shopping or if I'm in the car. This is my only quiet time. Um, how can someone carve out time for a practice like this? Or what are some, some self-care steps somebody can take to getting the, the opportunity to go through a cleanse? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think you have to kind of put it in like brushing your teeth. And that what I read on emotions is your body. So once you start really hooking up your brain and your gut and that energy starts to move, right? And you work with the emotions they did research on this and they saw that the blood pressure went down and that the heart rate, that the heart um, rate, the oxygen levels went up and the circulation went up. They saw all the benefits to that. But what they also saw is when people stopped the, we will revert back. So what that tells us is it has to be a daily practice. And what I recommend is you kind of pick a spot, a chair, and you just lower your expectations. I have three kids and animals and this and that. And there's some days I get interrupted and I just, if the dog wants to go out, I get up and let the dog out and I sit back down and it really ought to be about 10 minutes, maybe, maybe less. And even if you feel like you're screwing it up and this isn't working, doesn't matter. You just stick to it. You just get the, get it in your routine and stay committed to it. And before you know it, you're going to have a day, you probably realize where you think, wow, I didn't do that this morning. And I realize now it really makes a difference. And I'm sure you see that with the meditation. If you 
traveling or whatever, and you skip a day and you're like, I just feel a little off. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it feels when I don't cleanse. I'm like, Oh boy, I got to do, I got to pause here and put that in my day. Um, But it really, I recommend like the same location, maybe look out a window that can really help you kind of stay in your body. Um, I have the same chair because again, we have memory and my body will associate the chair with my cleanse. I look at Mm -hmm. that chair and I think cleanse. I don't think chair. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think there's the spot I go when I'm processing and I have a couple chairs, I have to admit. So if somebody's in the room, I have another chair I can pick. Um, but you'd be surprised when you kind of insert it on a regular basis, how your, your body will pick up on that and it'll start to move it, go through the motions without you even, without you even consciously, um, thinking about it. Yeah. I'm always interested um, in, in in just kind of, I guess, going back in time a little bit on, on what first led you to embark on this journey. Because um, I've found uh, for a lot of us, when we kind of jump into a, a practice or a focus, it often has something that it hits close to home, whether it be for ourselves or a loved one. Uh, I'm interested to know kind of what the experience was like for you kind of diving into this uh this niche of emotion and understanding it and, and, and learning more about it. Yeah. So like, like I said, I, um, I had, I was writing the book mantras made easy and, mm-hmm. um, I had just written a book before that called choosing love. And so it was a little bit of a journey and I wrote choosing love uh, to be honest with you, Ted, because I wasn't feeling loved. I just mm-hmm. felt like I was going through the motions every day and people are telling me they love me. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so then I wrote mantras made easy. Now in there, I was in a solid, solid mantra practice. I mean, I was dive, I dove deep and committed devotional practice for about 90 days. One of those practices was um, a mantra for my marriage because my marriage, I, it was not doing well at all. And so I had a, a mantra And I actually asked for truth. Please give me the truth. God knows why I asked for truth, but I did. And I also asked in my mantra, I was chanting to be spiritually, emotionally, and physically connected um, in my marriage. And so I went through this whole thing. I published the book and I get this idea, emotional detox. And I'm thinking, where's that coming from, right? Emotional Mm -hmm. detox. Why am I even thinking about that? I kind of need a break. And, uh, I told my girlfriend, she's like, that's a great idea. So I'm going to write a book on emotional detox. And then, like I said before, about four weeks later, everything fell apart. My entire marriage fell apart. My entire family of five, we were in a state of crisis and the truth came out. I mean, that's what I had mantraed for and it was absolutely devastating. So Um, so through that, it was like, okay, um, I'm in it now. What, what's this going to be about? And quite honestly, I took a break from writing. I called the publisher and Simon Schuster was picking it up and I said, um, I can't write this. I'm in crisis. And, uh, they said, take your time. And I said, all right. And, and I did. And, and I really, it was like a spiritual journey of learning what the heck is going to be about. So some of that book, Emotional Detox, is about 
um, my personal journey. And, and today I'm still married to the same person and, and we're doing awesome. And I have everything that chant I was chanting for. Um, I have a marriage that's spiritually, emotionally, physically connected. I always say it's like two marriages, same guy, but two marriages. So we're on our second marriage and our family's stronger than ever, but it took, it took some, uh, you know, some really raw and a, a, quite a journey for a while there. It wasn't overnight for sure. Yeah. But we all got a lot of healing out of it. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you sharing that because I think it's it's so important for our listeners to, uh, there were a couple of things I, I understood there was, you know, um, with the mantras, you know, we, we're going to get what we ask for. It might not be in the package we expect it to be in. Um <laughs> So, I mean, I appreciate you sharing that lesson, but also um, the the fact of being able to take a break. A lot of our listeners are ambitious. A lot of us are, and we have these big goals. I mean, uh, to have the the project of writing a book, I can only imagine. And having the the thought and the awareness to say, "Hey, listen, I need a break." A lot of us don't give ourselves that 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 grace and that leniency. So, I, I pick up on that, and also circling back and after the detox and after the learning, the growth from it afterwards and the the end of that story that you just shared, coming back full circle really kind of breaks down that full practice and some of the benefits that we have. And it's almost as though the emotions um, can serve us in a positive way when we alter the reactions. Um, I want to touch on that really quick because uh, you mentioned earlier about, hey, is this an emotion or a reaction? Yeah. If we can separate the two, I imagine we can still feel the same emotion, but maybe change the reaction. What does that look like? Well, it looks like really getting clear and asking yourself, am I feeling or am I reacting? Mm-hmm. And what really helped me on my emotional detox journey, because I had a lot of influences on me. I had, um, I lost friends. I had, you know, professionals telling me things that were making it worse. And, and we were just really a mess for a while. We didn't know what. And finally, I just said to myself, you know what, here's the deal. Love is the only emotion. Everything else is a reaction. Mm-hmm. Think about it. You're in guilt. You're in a reaction, right? Mm-hmm. You're stuck. Yeah. You're in. You're in shame. You're in a reaction. There's. If you're in shame, you've got to be running narrative stories and beliefs. You're in reactivity. There's got to be something coming up there. If you're, you know, if you're in frustration, you're feeling. You know, you're in reaction. You want to control, or you feel yeah. out of control. That's a reaction. So what really helped me was there's only one emotion and it's love. Everything else is a reaction. And here's the other thing. We are very confused about love, Mm -hmm. right? And that's another thing I got really clear. There are people calling sadness, um, calling love, or I'm sorry, sadness when it's really love. And I've discovered that as a coach. I'm like, what are you feeling? They're like, well, you know, I feel like I could cry a little bit and I feel a little vulnerable. I'm like, oh, you feel love. <laughs> like, oh, really? I'm like, well, how's your heart feel? Does it feel like it's starting to open up a little bit? Yeah, actually it does. Oh yeah. Hello. Welcome to love. Right? Yeah. Um, 
I, I think we just have this thing that we're going to be, you know, having roses on our table all the time. And we're going to be, I love you. And I love And you're so beautiful and wonderful. And that's not it. It's a feeling in your body of opening up your heart. And you're really opening up to vulnerable. Sometimes it's a little vulnerable. Yeah. Right? Sometimes it's a little tender. You know, sometimes it might make you tear up a little bit. And that's okay. That's love. That's what it feels like. I think one of the best definitions I heard from a friend of mine, he said, love is giving someone the permission to hurt you and hoping they don't do it. And it's just <laughs> the full, full on opening up and just, you know, giving, almost giving the ammunition of, of the most vulnerable parts of you. Um, and, and I think breaking it down as love being the only emotion, it really does come down to that. Sherriana, I'd love for, for folks to be able to, to learn more from you, um, not only get the, your latest book, but the previous ones as well, and, and follow some of the work that you're doing. How can folks contact you and learn more? Sure. They can go to my website, which is sherriannaboyle.com. And um, my books are everywhere. Marshall Detox is, it's online. It's at Barnes and Noble and all that good stuff. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and I'm definitely having that on my reading list. I promise you that. Um, and I think my fiance and I will probably go through that one together, but I appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast and sharing with us. And, and uh, I really think our audience got some value from it. So Sherriana, thank you. Thank you. And of course, I do want to recap some of the some of the gems that were dropped along the way. And first, the, the emotions having an influence, understanding that our emotions can impact our behavior and how we act. And I loved when Sherriana mentioned, is it an emotion or a reaction? And also going further to breaking it down that the only emotion is love. Um, connect with parts of you that are underdeveloped. Maybe the emotion is telling us something. It's a reaction to the world. And instead of suppressing them or managing them, maybe we should embrace them and let them be felt. And of course, removing the reaction allows us to feel compassion for others. When we better understand our emotions, we could better understand others and where they are, meet them where they are, and let them go through their process while we, while we go through our own. And of course, uh, doing a mantra, I have not installed a mantra practice yet for myself. Uh, I think you kind of just gave me the the little push to dig deeper into that and maybe implement that in my life because I do believe in manifestation. And I do believe in in having the affirmations in the practice and a mantra is, is something that I hope our listeners consider adding as well. And finally, again, once more, one more time, love is the only emotion. Everything else is a reaction. I had to write that down, underline it because I think it is so true. When we really get down to the bottom of it and love might not look the way you expect it to it's about openness and uh that could be scary at times again thank you to our guests and thank you to making it to the end if you enjoyed this episode we'd appreciate you leaving us a rating letting us know how we're doing share it with a friend if you think they can get value from it and hit that subscribe button to catch our new episodes every single week and as we always say at the end of the episode guys everybody wants the sunshine but they don't want the rain but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain let's grow The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. 
Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.